Hello everyone, this is Bhupender Singh and I hope you are all doing well. I'm simply blissed out as I bring a series of these podcasts which are actually my live conversations on Wisdom app. I wanted to pass on the learnings the coming together of beautiful minds with different backgrounds, with different experiences from different parts of the world. If you are seeking happiness, if you are seeking to add value to your life and also in the community you live in and also to this world, you have come to the right place. You don't want to miss series of these podcasts. They are golden nuggets in here. Nuggets of wisdom. Enjoy this episode and don't forget to listen to other episodes. Happy listening. Good morning, everyone. Good morning if you're on the eastern coast of the United States. And it could be a good evening or good afternoon, depending where you are in the world. But anyways, happy Sunday morning. And I thought of starting my day with a quick talk about oneness. Um, and we hear this word quite often. And let us... Uh, understand what this oneness means and I'm calling oneness our home, one home. And the best way I am able to comprehend so many of these words and concepts is by visualizing essentially a lot of these concepts. We might not have lived them or realized them but to bring that to our level of understanding, I call it bringing it from the right side of the mind to the left side, which is analytical, logical, and where it can relate to some piece of information it already has. And so if you were to understand oneness, it's essentially saying this universe is one. But someone might say, oh, I see so many different things. Yes, what we're trying to say is from oneness, it's one universe, one infinite, expansive supreme intelligence that has manifested itself in different forms, shapes, and sizes. But the root is same. The essence is same. It's like the universe has manifested itself in this diversity and then everything will merge back into the universe into that single energy field and then one might ask what is the point of this information why this is relevant what is practicality about it and that's the left side of the brain and it's a very relevant question 
If something is not adding value to my life, what's the point? And I try to relate it to our daily life, our dealing with people, and also how do we deal with ourselves. So let's understand further what does oneness mean in terms of, say, certain qualities. To have conflict, how many people you need? Two or more, right? Fear, how many people are needed or how many things are needed? Two or more. So if you really break it down, hatred will need two, right? One who's hating, one who's being hated. But when there's only one, there is no room for pain, hatred, fear, or even love. Even love needs two. One is the one who's loving. The second one is the one being loved. <laughs> one might say, oh, so there's not even love there. There's not even pain there. Yes. In that place of oneness, we are home. It is very similar to when you go to sleep at night. Everything disappears. Like, depending where you are, and hopefully all of you slept last night, when you were sleeping, was there pain? Was there hatred? Was there love? No, nothing. But you were still there. The only thing is you don't know you were there. And that is the closest thing, if you were to comprehend what oneness means, is this, is this place where you are just you, where you're just present, like this empty space around me. In this, everything is happening. I'm speaking in this space. I can light up the fire in this space. Two people could be arguing in this space. Someone could be firing a gun in this space. But this space remains as it is. That is oneness. That's the practicality. And when we are this mind, it seems like a philosophy. It seems like a uh, simply a concept that cannot materialize. But give yourself the benefit of doubt for a moment. Just hold that concept. And some people might say, oh, this is not practical. This is too idealistic. And in that moment, who's saying that? The mind itself is saying that. Instead of saying this is idealistic, let's call it the potential of every human being. And we as this mind are always afraid of our own potential. And we find reasons 
to negate oneness, consciously or subconsciously. We are afraid of our own greatness. We are afraid of our own potential. So oneness is the place where there is no fear, no hatred. It is just being. It is just being present. But the question is, how do we realize oneness? If oneness is so powerful, and this is the reason I call oneness our home, one home, for the whole existence, means to realize that. It does not mean to not have this physical body. It does not mean not to have this mind. It does not mean to be somewhere else physically to realize oneness. For the mind, the simplest things are the least appealing. Mind in itself loves complexity, loves diversity, and in fact, mind is the source of complexity and diversity and confusion. That in itself is the definition of mind. But when there is no complexity, there is no mind. So why would a mind even move towards oneness? And that's where we are stuck, as this mind. And I said oneness is our home, so means when we are this mind, we are not home. So let me explain how mind from oneness, or it is a source of duality or more than duality, actually through mind there is love and hatred, there is pain and happiness. I hope you all know what a prism is, or if you don't, I can use a different example. Um, you, you, you have seen the rainbows right after a storm or a rain in the sky. And when the sunlight passes through water drops suspended in the air, rainbow is formed. What happens is when light passes through water drops, there is something called dispersion happens of the light. And then we see those seven colors, which we call the rainbow. So prism is very similar as a uh, a triangular 3D glass um, and when you pass light through it on the other side you see seven colors. So that prism or the suspended water drops is the mind. And picture a prism in front of you right now and on the left side there's light and if you really look at light, light does not have any color. Light does not have any color. 
let's call it white light, just to understand this concept. So when this white light passes through the prism, through the mind, what happens? The mind has the ability to disperse. Mind has the ability to create diversity. Mind has the capability to create duality. And it converts that one color, it converts that oneness into duality or more. But in reality, if you can see both sides of the prism, is actually that one, that oneness, when it passes through the mind, or we become that mind, we see separation. We see complexity. We see multiplicity. And that is a source of judgment. That is a source of discrimination. Because we as mind are looking at what we have created. But if you take the prism out, take the mind out, what remains there? White light, oneness. So it is the mind that has created love and hatred, pain and happiness. But in reality, prior to that, there is oneness. So oneness is our home. And when we are the mind, we have left the home. And if you're still visualizing that glass triangle, a three-day with a depth that is dispersing the white light, if you're looking on the right side where these seven colors are, violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, red, oh, I remember my colors. On the left side is a white color. So we as mind, we are enchanted by what we have created, by this diversity and multiplicity. And if we as mind were to turn inwards, means look on the left side where the light is coming from, we will see one. And that mind is called an enlightened mind. And once this mind has turned inwards, looked at the left side, at the source of this diversity, source of all that we see as, as appearing to be different, in that moment we know it is different. We are all different. But in reality, our essence is the same. Our home is the same. And the way we define, or I defined the home was, this is a place where I'm beyond duality. There is fearlessness because there's no, no other there. There's nobody to hate. It's simply peace. Peace is our home. 
calm is our home. But when we associate, when we become the mind, or when we have become the mind, we experience conflict, pain, joy, happiness, love, hatred. So simply, we have to return home. Means, look inwards. We have to look at ourselves. And that is actually called self-realization. That is actually returning home. So a mind that knows the source of this diversity, this multiplicity, this beauty, will never claim that it owns anything. It is because of that white light. If you remove the light, the prism is incapable of creating those different colors. Or it is like the light bulb. If electricity does not pass through it, it cannot emit light. In that moment, something happens. In that moment, the word we use, ego. Ego simply means when that prism, as me, as that mind, can only see the diversity, only see those colors that are not really coming from me, that are actually because of the white light, it is because of that oneness passing through me. Then how can I lay my claim to anything that is happening through me? And that is actually absence of ego. When this prism believes that it's creating those seven colors, then we turn into ego. But when we as that prism, as that mind, have looked inwards, looked on the left side and see there's only one light, there's only one source that is manifesting through me, through the mind, as all these different colors, then I have moved from my ego self to my conscious self, to the oneness. So I might see people being different, different colors, of skin, different ethnicity, different nationalities, different behaviors, and so on and so on. But at the back of my mind, I know their essence is same. And that's the whole point of this grand play. It's simply a game. And in this game, we have to understand this game first. But if we start playing the way we are, then we are suffering, we are in pain, we scoring a goal in our own um, um, goalpost and asking why this is happening. But once we understand this game and remain home, so I was talking to Grace this morning and um, she's in Canada and I lived in Canada for quite some time and we started by using the word home, I say, yeah, physically where we are, we call it a home. 
but at the level of mind, at the level of thought, the thoughts we carry is our home. That home is our oneness. That home is fearlessness. That home is no enmity, judgment, hatred towards anyone, no matter who it is, no matter what they have done to us, or we might think they have done to us. Maybe it is because we never understood this game. We were playing it wrong. We were expecting people to be nice, everyone to be nice all the time. No, this game doesn't run like that. This game doesn't run like that. That is our notion, our expectation. The reality is the game will be played like this because on the right side of the prism, prism, we are separated from each other. There is competition, there is jealousy, there is pain, there is hatred, there is violence. I'm not being a pessimist. I'm talking about the reality of this game. If you look at the human history, it's pretty much the same. The place might have changed. The seat of power might have changed. There's conflict and violence. I'm not saying 100%, but at the same time, there is peace. There is love. And this is what I call diversity and multiplicity and differentiation. These are the traits of this game, which we call this world. So on the right side of the prism, where we see this diversity, multiplicity, differentiation, and so on and so on, is called the world. It is not called life. We often mix these two up. Life is that white light. Life is oneness. That has never changed. But it has manifested itself through the mind, through the prism, as this diversity. And that life is inside each one of us. And then, so that life, let's call it the thought. Let's call it, call it the pure thought. That pure thought is actually the wisdom. That is within all of us. But when it passes through the mind, it becomes the local intelligence. It's only thinking of this localized self. It is not able to have that thought of oneness. It is limited. It becomes limited. It sees separation. It operates as a separate entity. It is about me now. It is about my personal life purpose. It is not about the purpose of life. So life is the source. Life is the white light. That never changes. What changes is, depending, I as that prism, 
that creates this notion or sense of being separate from others. And in that moment, we are ego. The self-centered self. And in that moment, there is bound to be fear. Because I'm not home. My home was fearlessness. And in that fearlessness, it's but natural for us to react. Because we seeing separation, we seeing someone better than us or someone less than us. It is bound that we feel insecure because we are relating to the fragment. We thinking we are a fragment, but in reality we are not. We have simply left our home, which is called oneness. And until we don't return home, we are trying to figure out where my home is. If you're not fearless, you cannot love. You're afraid of love from others also. Because you doubt yourself. Fearlessness is like that darkness where I don't know who I am. Where I don't know where my home is. And being homeless is not a good place to be. But if you return home and then remain home, means at the level of the mind, we realize that there is a single source of light that is passing through these numerous prisms and manifesting itself. But the source is one. It is like one sun and millions and millions of sun rays. And that sun ray, or the ray of sun, when it is only looking at what is shining in its light, is oblivion to the source, the single source. The shining object, this world is so enchanting that it's mesmerized by the object that is shining means it is not thinking of home. But when the same ray of light starts looking at itself, wow, there is light within me. And because of this light, I can see an object. It's very similar to with our eyes. We can see something, right? There's light outside and there's light inside of me. What if there was no light outside? I can't see. What if I close my eyes? Now the light from inside of me is not going outside. I cannot see. There's something phenomenal happening here. So when this ray of light, which is me, you, or others, start looking at itself and then realize I'm simply light. 
and the next person or next ray of light is also light. It's a senses light. And then once we turn inwards, we notice, wow, there's only one source. It is sun, but it's actually light. So I'm light, you are light, she, he, they all are lights, and the sun is also light. That is oneness. And in that moment, we are home. And that is our home. So no matter where we go physically, we could be in an airplane, we could be in a different country, we could be in a war zone, we could be on a beach on vacation, but we will remain home. We are that life. But when we leave this home, then we become the world. There's a difference between life and the world. The life never changes. The light never changes. But what the light shines on, only that changes. Let me repeat that. The light that shines never changes. But what the light shines on does change. What that means is my ability to look. I'm just using example of one sense, which is my ability to see. It never changes. But what I see does change. My ability to see is my life. Underline this. My ability to see is my life. That doesn't change. No matter I'm rich or poor. No matter my stocks are going up or down. What the, when I see on the paper, my stocks are going up or down, my bank balance is going up or down, or someone, someone's attitude towards me is, has changed. The world is changing, but my life never changes. And if I have not realized I am this life, I am this oneness, what happens then? We experience turbulence. We feel insecure. And what I'm trying to say is, this world is bound to change. It is the very nature of this world. It is the very definition of this world. And everyone's world is different. They might live under the same roof, but the world they experience is different, but the life is same in both of them. So when we say, oh, my life is messed up, we really are meaning our world is messed up. Your life never gets messed up. Your ability to see, just an example, does not falter, does not change. And that's what you are. And that is your home, this place of oneness. And until we have not returned home, life, even though we have to say is, we will keep mixing up life and our world. And to further understand, because this is very, very important, to understand the word life and the word uh, world. 
And I, I have, uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the way I comprehend things is by using what my mind already knows. So my mind knows a tree. Your mind knows a tree. You have seen a tree, right? So we'll use the example of tree to further dig in to understand the difference between life and the world. So during the COVID shutdowns and other things that happened, I have to take a deep breath there because there was a lot that we all collectively endured, um, but we are coming out of it. And if you recall, during that time, there was sort of a, a sense of fear, um, insecurity, and we all said our life has totally changed. And sort of, we were disappointed. Also, some people experienced a lot of disappointments and so on, felt constricted, and we were using the word, oh, how's your life? Oh, I'm not doing so great. So I'm going to say our life did not change during the COVID. What change was of a world? So using the example of the tree, let's understand this. When I look at a tree, I only see what's above the ground. I don't see what is under the ground. And when we look at ourselves, we are only seeing partially. What that means is when I am looking out and wherever my light shines, and that's what I think I am, but in reality, there's more to me. So when I'm looking at the tree, what I see above the ground is not the full tree. It is part of the tree. And this part of the tree, which is above the ground, we all know it changes. Depending upon the tree, it grows leaves, fruits, and flowers. But have you seen a tree which hasn't changed? Which hasn't shed its leaves? Yeah, there are certain variety of uh, uh, trees. They are. But for the sake of understanding, we, we are focused on the trees that shed their leaves, their fruits, and they change with the seasons. And so gracefully, the tree changes with the season. It almost seems like it's celebrating in spring and summer when it's lush green loaded with the flowers and the fruits. And then it gives away everything it had. But we are not able to do that. Our fruits means the stuff we do, we earn something. These are our fruits. Imagine if you had to lose those. For example, during the COVID or during certain stock market crashes, the value of stocks um, went down or you might have lost money in stocks or somewhere else, or your house depreciated, or someone might have lost their job. And what this says, oh, my life has been affected. 
No, your world has changed. So what we see above the ground is changing. The tree is changing. That part of the tree is changing. What does not change are the roots which are below the ground. Life we cannot see. Life force we cannot see. But because of those roots, but because of our light, our life, this world is. And a tree that knows that a sense is are those roots, the roots remain the same throughout the different seasons. But what is above the ground is bound to change, is meant to change. That's why it's called the world. So what changed during COVID was our world. But if as that tree, we don't know, we are more than the things we have, we would have felt our life is changing. But in reality, the life never changed. And that is our home, that place. And someone might say, Bhupinder, what are you saying? To be fearless during that time frame? Yes, you could have been. But there will be more opportunities moving forward. This is the very nature of the world. The universe is like a craftsman. It is trying to bring us home. Because what, what I said is simply a game. Don't get serious. We get too serious. Why? Because as that tree, we only think everything that is above the ground, that's me. We think everything that I see, everything that I experience, is my life. No, this is your world. And for the reason, for the, the abilities you have that don't change with these experiences is actually your life. Your ability to see, your ability to hear, your ability to speak. This is life. Pause and think about it. Your life is inside you. Nobody can take your life from you. And you cannot give this life to someone else. Can you breathe for someone else? No. Can you see for someone else? No. Can you think for someone else? No. This is life. And this life is same in all of us. And this life even if the mind chooses to use this life the way it wants you, it never changes. For example, I'm here this morning having this conversation with all of you. Or I could choose to be somewhere else and use this life for something that could be of less value to me. I could be angry at someone. I could use some words of disrespect for, uh, towards someone. But am I going to lose my ability to speak after that? No. This life does not discriminate. 
this life does not discriminate that is the nature of life and that's what we are but when we only think what is above the ground is the tree means what I see experience is my world or is my life then we are mistaken we have left our home and once we go back return to our home it doesn't mean you have to move from point A to point B home is everywhere when you as that mind have realized that all these abilities we have to see, hear, smell, sense, everything are because of one life force. And to honor that life force, I have to use this life wisely. Wisely means to create value, not just for me, for everyone. When I think, instead of just thinking about me, I could think, how will this impact others? I'm, am I bringing something of value for everyone? Or I'm just trying to shine myself to stand out? And that will also define this life will actually give us a life purpose, which is very simply put, no matter what you choose to do, a life of purpose. A life of purpose is where it helps others also to return home. That is the whole purpose of life. It is to understand this game. There are no winners, no losers here because nothing belongs to anyone everything belongs to life in that moment we will realize that nothing belongs to me but everything belongs to me because I am life I am one and that is a place of gratitude and not a gratitude that we have to force it becomes our very nature when we are home we are fulfilled then we are not home we are looking for more because we think we don't have enough and then we create the facade we portray ourselves we take on the different identities we say things we don't mean and what we want to say we are not able to say it why because we are not home we are at a place of lack so if you look at this world through these eyes of wisdom you will understand so many things that you are trying to wrap your head around. When we are not able to understand something, what happens? We get frustrated. We get upset. And when we get frustrated or upset, we have left our home, that place of peace. And why did we leave that place of peace? 
because we could not wrap our head around someone's behavior or someone's demeanor and so on or someone's actions. And that is when as this mind we think we are creating whatever is being created through us belongs to me. No, it belongs to life. But you are life. In life, there is no competition. There are no winners or losers. Because this world, the way I see it, is people running in circles. And if there are two or ten people running in a circle, the circle does not have a start or an end point. Versus a line that has a start an end point, and if you're running in a circle and you're constantly running, then who is ahead of you and who's behind of you? And there's always someone ahead of you, someone behind you. So how you can say you're a winner or or you're a loser? And that's what is happening. Sometimes we feel more than someone else, Sometimes we feel less than someone else. Sometimes we feel happy. Sometimes we don't feel happy. Why? We're running in a circle. It's all relative. This world is relative, but life is not relative because there's only one life. There's no competition. There is not a winner. There is not a loser. We simply are. Just imagine being at that place where you fear none. This is the fear of failure. Oh, he's a winner. I'm a loser. I'm not saying not to create in this world. Do. Contribute. But contribute from your home from this place of fulfillment. Love someone, not because you're expecting something back. And that's why we are afraid to love. We're expecting a reciprocation. We are not home. But if we are home, we are givers without an expectation. And that is the power of oneness. That's the importance of oneness. That person will still live in this world, will still do the things. But the driver has changed. For a lot of people, fear is the driver, the fear of failure, the fear of greatness. Why is that? Because when we have not realized that we are all one. We are in a place of fear versus that oneness being the place of fearlessness. It might sound foreign to the mind, and it will, because this mind is only looking on the right side of the prism where it sees the seven colors. Our mind is itself the prism, but it has not turned attention inwards towards the left from where the white light is coming. The white light 
is our life and what is on the right side with diversity, multiplicity and differentiation is our world. So do understand the difference between life and the world and associate yourself with yourself, which is life. But when we associate ourselves with the world, then we change just like the world is changing. But when we associate with the life, then we are always stable, always fearless, which is called peace. And I like the word sahaj. Um, it's a Hindi word. The opposite is sahem. Sahaj is also bliss. Unperturbed. Unchanging in face of all adversities. Why? Because I said that oneness is also that pure thought which is wisdom. Wisdom is unlimited understanding. Means when someone is angry or someone is misbehaving or someone is violent, wisdom knows. Wisdom understands. And once we, un when we understand something, we are not disturbed. We never leave our home. We are always home. And in that moment, when we don't react, we can even calm down that person just by understanding them. But when we don't understand, what happens? We react. We are like fire. So fire and fire. Two, 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 two burning logs of wood. There won't be peace. But when we are life, when we are that wisdom, when we are that pure thought, our understanding is expansive. We are home. That's oneness. And I think I spoke quite a bit about oneness and um, we can keep going deeper and deeper. Um, but I would like to hear from any of you listeners in terms of what are their thoughts and if they do believe that being at this place of oneness is our home and if you've experienced or if you're pursuing this, um, it'd be great to hear uh, from different perspectives. So I'm going to wait for a few uh, moments here. Otherwise, I will be signing off to continue my day further. Um, so help me unpack, ask me questions, or even you listening here is a contribution um, to to this uh, Sunday morning talk. Okay, we have a guest here, Her Majesty Abby. And she is flying first class.
Here is she. Good morning, Bupenda. Good morning, Her Majesty. I like to say that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how are you? I'm fantastic. And you? I am good. I just got on here and then I heard you were going to sign up. I said, no, no, no. I want to know more about this oneness <laughs> in our homes. <laughs> okay, okay. I just got here, yes. <laughs> so you just signed on, you said? So you yes, missed I- the good part of the conversation? No, I wasn't. I just signed on. Oh, okay. I will try to do uh, uh, summarize in thirty seconds. Let me let me see if I can I can do that. So we we hear this word oneness quite often, and my point was to bring the practicality of this oneness. What does it mean? How do I benefit from it? So oneness essentially is that one energy field, infinite energy field, which has manifested itself in, in terms of all this diversity, multiplicity, and differentiation. And to really understand is, um, I use the example of a prism, right? Mm-hmm. A prism, if you picture it, on the left side is white light, and when this light passes through the prism, it is dispersed into seven colors. Mm-hmm. That prism is the mind. So we as mind um, receive this white light, this life, our source of life, and then this mind creates this diversity. And then I call this game starts. So what's on the right side is the, what we call the world, but on the left side, there's a single source is our life. And single means, one means, there's no, no one to fear, right? Mm-hmm. No one to hate. And that is our home. Mm. But as, as the mind, if I'm only looking on the right side, where there's diversity, separation, there is fear, there is competition, I'm less or more. But if I'm rooted in this oneness, then who I'm competing against, there's nobody. Yeah. So that's in a nutshell what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I call it a grand game right so we need to understand this to play this game yeah okay okay thank you so as you were talking and my eyes are closed and i'm trying to uh just visualize things in my mind that's what i do when i was uh uh, doing this talk i closed Mm -hmm. my eyes Mm -hmm. and that's very powerful what you just said Mm -hmm. because i kept saying the the visualization is a way to relate the abstract stuff, bring it to the logical left side of the mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, true. so what did you? I, I know it's. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you just started listening to it, so you can add to this or. Uh, I'm going to just you know ask a little question, so we can go a little back and forth. So as, like I told you, my mind, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, a perfect child is born, okay? At what point does that, the, the, when the child is born, that's the prism, right? The life, and then it, at what mm-hmm. point do we become so divided in terms of our thoughts and our mind? And then the oneness dissipates. The oneness has not really dissipated, it's still there, 
mm-hmm. we are not aware of it. It's when we start associating ourselves with this mind. As you see that little child, I'm always amused by children. Mm-hmm. They don't even know if they will have the next meal. They don't have any, even a penny in the bank, mm-hmm. right? And they're the happiest, yeah. the happiest. And if you've seen a child when they started walking the first time, why they were so happy? Mm. What happened in that moment? What mm-hmm. happened is life started manifesting itself as their ability to walk. Mm-hmm. They discovered something inside them and the child is happy. And the same child is not happy when this mind is fully activated or we sort of start triggering their mind, start telling them, hey, you got to be like this. Otherwise, you can't survive in this world. You got to treat people like this because you'll be mistreated and so on. So we are activating their, the mind portion. Mm-hmm. We start telling them, oh, these people are like this. That people are like this. Right? Mm-hmm. Even though the life is still there, the life force is still there. Mm-hmm. But we are drawing attention to something other than life force, which I call this world. Mm. It's very simple. As, yeah. as, as we are all connected to, I've used the example of the sun, right? We are all mm-hmm. rays of light. Mm-hmm. Within us is the same light which is in the sun. Same light in me, same light in you means the same life force. When this light shines on an object, I see that object, but I have forgetting that I'm, the reason I'm able to see that object is because of this life force within me, life force as my ability to see things. Mm-hmm. And it is always there, no matter what I'm looking at and what is my intention to look at a thing, this life force never changes. Right. So, so uh, to your to your question, mm-hmm. it's when we start imposing ourselves on our children. Mm, so then, in other sense, the awareness is fake, but then the, the the life is still there. But then the awareness to it, this fake. Exactly. Mm. The life is always there. We have turned our awareness away from it. Wow. It's so simple, if you think. It is. It is. And then, so let's say, say, um, you have the opportunity to coach uh, parents. Let's just say on an island. I mean, this is a little, my mind is going out there. To coach a parent that has brought a life to this world. What would be your advice on the first day that you speak to them? What I will say is you don't need to change anything. First, we need to forgive ourselves. Mm-hmm. We did our best. I'm also a parent, right? I have done certain things. Mm-hmm. I didn't have this level of awareness when I was teaching my children some of the things where I was imposing myself. We are perfect the way we are. That will open a door of possibilities. Wow. Amen, Bupender. <laughs> right? Because we, we start off from this place, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. And then all the doors are closed. Then I yeah. doubt myself. 
Yes. Yes, absolutely. Makes perfect sense. It's so simple. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. You're right. But you know, our mind, that's why I call mind the creator of complexity. Mm. Complexity is diversity. Complexity mm -hmm. is fragmentation. Complexity is seeing someone by the color of their skin, mm -hmm. someone by their ethnic background. What I'm saying is the life force is same within us. Yes, that is actually the death of the mind. Yeah. So now comes the question, the okay. difference between thoughts and mind. Sometimes I wonder which one came first. <laughs> yeah. You, you might have to jump back in. You got a minute and a half, but yes. keep going. Yes. So, you know, like thoughts and mind. Like, which one came first? Which one is more powerful? Which uh, I, I, I go with this crazy thoughts from <laughs> thoughts or mind, whatever. It's a little confusing there. What do you think? So, so first I have to understand when you say mind, mm -hmm. uh, help me understand what is a mind mm -hmm. as per your understanding. So to me, this is what I see the mind to be. I see the mind to be a big barrel. And every time we see something, based on our life experience, we develop a thought and then the thought falls into the barrel. Mm -hmm. So we're collecting, um, we're collecting the thoughts and we're storing in the mind. I mean, that's what is my, and that's my understanding of it. I don't know, but I want to hear yours. Yeah. So please do come back so we can continue this. This is a very good question. And when someone is asking questions like this, I call them seekers because they're trying to understand themselves. And Her Majesty, in this case, is trying to understand herself. So I, I, what I was just saying, these are very good questions. And I, I, I treat someone who's asking the questions, I call them seekers. They're seeking something other than um, what they see in the world. They're trying to understand themselves. And again, um, there is no right or wrong. We all have different understandings, but when we explore collectively, we find a refined or enhanced uh, uh, understanding of that. So this is the way I understand. You are right. So we receive this information or we receive information through these five senses, right? And then we store that information. And you said we store that information in the mind. So I'm just going to take this model and expand it. So it's, it's like the physical body, right? We understand the physical body has these arms, mm -hmm. legs, and so on. Now we're saying there's another body called mind-body. What's the anatomy of this mind-body? How is this mind-body formed? What is healthy for this mind-body? What's a robust mind-body, right? Mm -hmm. So mind, let's say, call it a mind-body, right? Mm -hmm. And now it has different, let's call it organs for the sake of it. You said that information is stored. Let's call that memory. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So that's the memory. But within that memory, how 
is this information stored? It is stored as these thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. But the question is, if me and you are looking at a same situation, why we have different thoughts about the same situation? Mm -hmm. Let's add something else. There's an interceptor of the information which we call the intellect. Mm -hmm. So it assigns the meaning to someone's behavior to a situation, and that is where we can either be in gratitude or we could be in anger. That interceptor is interpreting that information the way it serves it, the way it has been trained to interpret that situation. Mm. I, I, I was born in India, in, in that country, because the British ruled. Mm-hmm. So I, I joke about this. Um, there is a cream that people use. It's called Fair and Lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. And uh, I call it a problem. No, it says Fear and Lonely. No, no, no. Fair and Lovely. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, okay. They, they, they want their skin color to be something other than what it is oh. a lot of people. Okay. Right? Yes. Now, what is that? That intelligence is in everyone's mind because someone leveraged on that notion and they're minting money, right? Mm-hmm. So, so if I think fair color is better than the dark, my interceptor will program that information accordingly. Just giving you an example. Mm-hmm. So that intellect intercepts that information, what I'm seeing, and then translates that into a thought. It's stored in my memory. Mm-hmm. And what's stored in my memory becomes my notion of perfection. Mm. I use that, I'll pray, and that's, that's why we are reacting constantly. It becomes a loop. We need mm. to get out of this mind. I, mm. I can go further and further about this, but I want to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. So mind is simply this, let's call it a body. Within mm-hmm. that, there's an organ called memory. And then the thought is actually a unit of information which is stored here, which is accessible. And intellect is the interceptor. And when I have to say something, or when I'm reacting, when I don't don't know, this intellect goes into this warehouse, into the memory. Mm. And then it does permutation and combination of these thoughts, and it creates a new reality. Oh, my gosh. That was so perfect. I can go further if you want me to. Go, 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 go. Now you have to ask me how this information travels. Like, for example, if I have to pick an object, I reach out, means I stretch my arm, right? Mm -hmm. I pick it up, I bring it where my rest of the physical body is. Mm -hmm. We say the mind travels. Mm Mm-hmm. That is something called our ability to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. That -hmm. is like my mind stretching is reaching out. It goes in there. It grabs it. Brings it back in. Mm -hmm. It's like a a street building there. And these streets go through the five senses. Right. So that... Because if you're a person, you you said who could picture, you can actually see this mind now. I can. I can clearly, yeah. 
And that, here's the critical part, uh, that part called memory, we operate from there. That mm. is our world. My world and your world is different. As I speak, everyone is assigning a different meaning to what I'm saying. Exactly. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because you are trying to relate to what's already in your memory. That's why I ask you, what is the definition of mind as per your memory? Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. people don't differentiate between mind and brain. Mm -hmm. But to keep it simple, this is just the starting point. And then you got to ask, um, where does mind come from? This whole thing came from, right? And that is actually seeking ourselves. That is actually going within ourselves. Mm. I don't know. I forgot the name of, you know, uh, those, is it called Russian dolls? Where you open one and there's another one, there's another one, like little tiny, I don't know what you call. Yeah, those dolls, Russian dolls. Yeah. yeah. But that's what, that's what yeah. everything you're, you're breaking up there. Sorry, can, oh, can you... sorry. Yeah, I said as you're talking, mm -hmm. and you know, talking about the mind, the mm -hmm. brain, the mind, thoughts, mm -hmm. the memory. That's the kind of image that was coming into my mind. Okay, now I'm going to ask you something. Yeah. As you unpack our those Russian dolls, what's mm -hmm. left at the end? Okay, uh, <laughs> I guess I got to think about that one. <laughs> I don't know. Or let me use another example. If you keep peeling an onion, keep peeling yes. it, keep peeling it, what is left at the end? The core. I think there's a core. Even if you peel the core, what is left? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> that nothing. Now you think for a moment. Mm -hmm. Is that really nothing? No, there's something just because I can't see it. So when that onion disappears, when you when you reach the last doll, there's empty space, and the space yeah. is limitless. And this is actually oneness. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, okay, okay. This is actually oneness. When I open my fist, my palm might be empty, but mm -hmm. everything is here now. Wow, that is actually. Your questions are very right on the spot. And that nothing is everything. That is oneness. This whole space right. in which we are, that's, and in this space, everything is happening. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is the oneness encompassing everything, the union. Yes. But, but the point here, you've got to be very careful. You know how you were asking yourself, what is the mind? What is the thought? Right, right. We have to do that on our own. Yeah. If I'm, doing this is good, but we got to be very careful. Mm -hmm. I have not really realized this. I know mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Knowing means I'm still the mind, but I know of mm -hmm. oneness. Realization mm -hmm. means... I become that. Yes. When I become that, what remains? Only that. Right. And that is one. Mm. Right, right. So, you know, and it's, 
it's very um, simple, but can be very complex as well. In the sense that, you know, like you said earlier, the intellect informs so many things. It's almost like a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. You got the negative and you got the positive. Now, you can come back. It's only one second to go. <laughs> She's flying back the third time. So, first, first off, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to change this timer okay. because I have so many beautiful guests, uh, guests with so much treasure that 10 minutes runs out very fast. <laughs> so please go ahead. Okay. So, yeah. So I was saying, so this intellect mm-hmm. in this day and age, it is so difficult to actually, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? Parse into what kind of intellect or what kind of, data you are consuming mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially for somebody who is seeking yes because like you said the intellect intercepts in that thoughts and then packages it how it has to be so mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you have to say about that I think, so it's a very important point you're bringing up. The way mm-hmm. I, I define intellect are the dark clouds that blocking the light of the sun of my wisdom. Mm. You can wow. picture that. Yeah. This very intellect are the clouds that blocking the sun of my wisdom. Mm. So what I'm saying is, but your question was what kind of intellect, because we have to converse with mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. what kind of conversations we should have. Right. right? And that's exactly what we're doing here now. Where mm-hmm. I'm not talking about me, I'm not talking about you. Mm-hmm. We are not talking about a situation. We are not talking about politics. Mm-mm. We are talking about ourselves, which is our common part. We're trying to understand ourselves. And you are asking the very right questions. Like, right. what is mind? What is thought? And mm-hmm. someone might say, what kind of a question is that? Right. It's a very important question. Once you understand that, so I call intellect acquired information over time, which is non-authenticated because mm-hmm. I don't have the discerning power called wisdom to authenticate that information. Now I'm consuming something which does not serve me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here we're saying we will only acquire authentic information. Mm. That will serve us in terms of returning to our home, which is oneness. Mm. So in, in Indian um, language, there's a word called satsang. Sat means mm-hmm. the truth. Sang means in company of. Not mm-hmm. at the physical level, at the level of the mind. Right. We right. are actually healing our minds. Right. A healed mind is actually consciousness. Yeah. They're not two. This mm. mind is actually a fragment. It will transform into unlimited, which is actually consciousness. 
Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of information we need to not really acquire. We don't have to store it. We just, you know, how we use soap to wash clothes. I'm not talking about the washing machines, but right, so, right. someone is doing manually. Yes. What's the point of scrubbing with the wet uh, uh, shirt with that soap? To cleanse it. To cleanse it, yes. But it's not about storing the soap in the shirt. And no. that is a problem for a lot of people. Mm. These words of wisdom, we start storing them. That's not the point. Hmm. We have to cleanse. Mm-hmm. means these mind that is focused on everything other than itself needs to fo- focus on itself. As you said, we as awareness have to become aware that we are awareness. Hmm. Wow. Wow, that's very good, Bupinder. That's very, very good. So then, you know, here am I again in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is what I... So it, it then looks like I'm here. Um, I'm in my 40s. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm seeking. Mm-hmm. So then I feel like, okay, I have to start walking backwards. Backwards. So then, let's say I'm having a grandbaby, okay? Mm -hmm. I have to try and empower this kid. Okay, okay. To be able to have that self-awareness, to be able Mm -hmm. to see through the intellect that is going to be in their way. Mm-hmm. Am I am I thinking, I mean, is it making sense? It's making sense. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Yeah, so now that I have to go backwards, mm-hmm. after collecting all this intellect, information, thoughts, mm-hmm. Packaging it nicely in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of uh, it, it takes a lot of work, even though it's simple. Mm-hmm. So how can how can one make it a little simple for themselves? Yeah, first off, um, to help someone, we have to become what we want them to become. Yeah. That's as simple as that. That's true. Children will learn from us. We yeah. don't have to teach them. Right. They are like sponges. So as far as your grandkids, I think you said grandkids. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so drop that intent of making them aware. You become aware. Mm. You wow. will be the beacon of light. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in inspiring than helping. Inspiring means... Mm. When I'm living that life of abundance, not in mm-hmm. terms of how much I have, but just being happy, the others will become curious. Right, right, right. So light, light up your lamp. Mm. Period. And then the work will be done. Work will be done because no matter where you sit, there's light. But what yeah. we t- tend to do is our lamp, if it lifts up a little bit, we start running after someone trying to light up their lamp. What's going to happen? <laughs> It's going to go off. (laughs) And that's what happens. That's called attachment. 
Mm. to someone where I want to change them, make a life better for them. That's right. No. And, and that is the portion complicated. Now, you see how simple it is? Mm-hmm. I have to become what I am, period. Right. And to, to simplify, instead of, you're not going backwards. The mind mm-hmm. says backwards, and backward as a notion I'm becoming less. You are actually moving forward. Forward, yeah, yeah. You're becoming who Inwards. you are. Yeah. Instead of being a wave on an ocean, you're actually the ocean. That's what I'm telling you. Do you, right. does you mind believe that? Mm. It's going to shrug that first. Mm-hmm. But if that wave looks at itself, oh, this form is my body, and these bodies are different, right. but actually there's water inside me. The ocean is also water. So mm-hmm. I just have to, as you were saying through these questions, it almost becomes like meditation. It does, yeah. And then yeah. these layers are being peeled, and mm-hmm. it will, you will start experiencing a transformation in terms of how you respond to situations, and that's actually your measure. You will not mm-hmm. see that change, but people will tell you. Right. You are different. You're like, I have the same makeup as yesterday. No, you're mm-hmm. different. What's different is how you handle yourself Mm -hmm. in that situation. And essentially, first you define your home, which we were talking about, Mm -hmm. and stay there at any value. In in the beginning, it'll be difficult, like learning to ride a bicycle. Now, Mm -hmm. or learning to drive a car. Now you can do, uh, you can uh, drive the car, you can talk to someone, you can instruct the children, and it's a piece of cake. Right, right, right. Wow. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. So much wisdom. Thank you, and I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much. I, you know what I want to do? I want to do a show with you where you ask questions. That would be great. I would love to do that. Because people don't ask questions. I'm yeah. not saying in terms of judging them. But mm-hmm. until we don't ask the questions, I don't learn. I learn when you ask me questions. Right. Right. So let, I do too. I do too. I learn yeah. through questions. Let's, let's connect um, okay. on social media and we will come up with the time. And thank All you right. so I much. I followed you back on uh, Instagram. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I really am grateful for this opportunity to um, discuss something and this, these are the signs of a seeker. And I know I have done this when um, I would ask questions, questions after questions and questions. And as I kept doing <laughs> at, 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 at a certain point, I, I realized that once I start digging and digging, it becomes so much easier to become who I am. It's like peeling that onion. So thank you so much, um, Abby, for asking the question. Let's stay connected and maybe we could do this uh, uh, similar discussion. Uh, it helps me first, to be honest, because when I have to articulate something, I have to be very clear about it. Not only that, I have to listen to my own words. And I'm learning through this phenomenon. I am the one who's benefiting the most. So with that, 
Uh, I've been here for over an hour and I plan to sign off unless there is uh, there are any more seekers of oneness, any more seekers who want to return home to this place of abundance, fearlessness, and also remain there forever, no matter um, what they're doing in this uh, world, no matter how they're contributing to this world. So with that, I'm going to close this uh, session here. So thank you so much um, for listening. Um, that's also a participation in this uh, uh, togetherness. And also thank you, special thank you to Abby for coming up here and asking those questions. So have a wonderful rest of the day and also a wonderful uh, week ahead of you. Thank you. Thank you.